I'm a booger. I'm a booger booger. I'm a booger. I'm a booger 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 booger. Thank you for downloading this episode of I'm a Booker Booker, a novel podcast about books and the people who write them. Because of the novel coronavirus, this series is taking place in isolation. At the stroke of midnight on the 1st of January, we bade Totsin to 2019 and said a hearty Wamkele Kile to 2020. It was the year the state capture cronies would get their orange overalls. Cyril Ramaphosa would get the economy on track and we'd be shot of load shedding. Yeah, right. 85 days later, an invisible enemy has turned our lives upside down. We now live in a world where loop paper is more sought after than diamond encrusted iPhone 11s. Where Karen from the internet is now an instant epidemiologist and has a meme to prove it. And where a wet fart is more socially acceptable than a dry cough. We travel into the heart of the lockdown to bring you Amma Booker Booker, the quarantine chronicles. Author's lockdown, T minus 21 days to freedom. Our first guest knows all about what it means to go viral. Gus Silber is an author, journalist, editor, speechwriter, satirist, and social media superstar who has listened to more versions of Leonard Cohen's Hallelujah than there are photos of cats on the internet. He has written several books. His latest one is Electric Graffiti, which he wrote by accident. It's a collection of his meaningful musings, wise witticisms, dashing descriptions, poignant ponderings and gentle observations about life. We normally ask authors to choose an extract to read, but I seized Gus's Amma Booker Booker constitutional rights and have decided which extract he should read because I think it's a metaphor for our country and sums up what is happening in the world in one perfect phrase. May fuck Maralise. Welcome Gus to our Amma Booker Booker Potroy. Can you please Thank you uh, very much. can you please read May fuck Maralise? So this is uh, inspired by Alonis Morissette's uh, song, Irony, and it goes like this. It's like a power outage on your wedding day. It's like a TV license that you're being threatened to pay. It's like trying to get to a meeting when you can't find your keys. It's my folk maladies. It's like a car train not running because of a spike. It's like a rugby post suddenly appearing in front of your bike. It's like trying to trace a parcel that was sent from overseas. It's my folk maladies. It's like being out of warranty on a faulty appliance. It's like getting another SMS from the Democratic Alliance. It's like tripping on the pavement and grazing your knees. It's my fork, Marlies. Sometimes the world just won't go your way. Sometimes you can't reach your goal. Sometimes you triumph on the field of play, and sometimes you bang into a pole. It's like having a braai and running out of beer. It's like designing a product and Woolworths stealing your idea. It's like someone ordering a pizza. With pineapple and cheese, it's my folk maladies. Sometimes you can't see the wood for the trees. Sometimes you wonder if you'll ever live a life of ease. The answer, my friend, is blowing in the breeze. It's my folk maladies. <laughs> After I read it, and I, in preparation for this, I thought I'd try my hand at something for the time we're living in. It's when you pay for a holiday to Cape Town, and the next day Cyril announces a 21-day lockdown. It's the trolls <laughs> who spread fake news. And the presidents and their conspiracies—it's May Fork Marilise. It's when your TV remote is expropriated by the teen, and you can't ground him because he's already in quarantine. Omg! Did you just sneeze? It's May Fork Marilise. 
I looked on Facebook and and that particular post had more than one and a half thousand comments, thousands and thousands of likes, hearts, and lol emojis, and more than four thousand people shared it. That's a so a lot of social media love. It really touched South Africa on its studio. <laughs> yeah, well, I think that's the power of social media really is being able to pick up something on the day that it happens and uh, getting some kind of instant response to it, which is very different to what you experience as a journalist. As a journalist, you get delayed feedback or no feedback at all. And that's what I really like about social media. It's this kind of instant, disintermediated uh, response that you get. Um, it's unlike any other medium that I've ever used. And it's kind of, I think it's, it's, it's revolutionary. I'm still kind of a little bit awed by its power. But something about that particular story just really resonated. It is a metaphor for kind of the country, I suppose. That's correct. In, in fact, um, technically what Marilise did when she went smack bang into a pole on that huge rugby field that's known, I was told, as a result of the post, there's a syndrome called target um, avoidance, where you target fixation where you uh, fixate on avoiding something, and as a result, you slam smack bang into it. <laughs> and that actually sums up so much of, I think, the world in general. At the moment, we're obviously fixated on this virus. And in our fixation on it, we're desperately trying to avoid it, but we're slamming smack bang into it all the time. But it's a kind of, it's, it's human nature. You know, you, you desperately want not for something to happen, and it happens despite your best um, intentions. Um, but I think this particular incident just it kind of, it's somehow very strong about what it means to be sort of action, you know. That phrase went around for quite a while, it was for a while, I think, more popular than Aish, which is our South African kind of response to everything that happens that's, that kind of affects us negatively. And um, I think it also, it just kind of lightened the burden of uh, living in the 21st century for a little while. So these things do happen, and when they do, we need to seize on them and enjoy them. Um, you, you mentioned that you wrote this book, Electric Graffiti, by accident. And uh, I've been following your posts on, on social media, especially on, on Facebook since you joined. And I've always thought, you know, it's kind of unfair that you're writing all of these posts and not being paid for them because they're so good. And you talked about journalism not having an immediate, you know, kind of reaction. But, you know, when you put your work out for free, there's also some sort of... Um, I don't know, you know, social media has kind of taken maybe the livelihood from journalists, but you give oh, it yes, yourself uh, yeah. very, very readily and easily and warmly and generously. Yeah, I think social media for the profession of journalism, it's both enormously positive and it's hugely negative as well. Um, the positive side of it is that it's a platform as well as a massive source. The negative side of it is that it does kind of push journalists, professional journalists, to the sideline. Their kind of process seems antiquated. It's something out of Gutenberg's printing press, the way that journalists typically work. So journalists uh, both love and kind of fear and hate social media. I kind of have moved entirely onto loving it. I was initially quite skeptical of it, and then I was kind of fearful of it. But I now see it as like the most powerful medium. And I think so much so that you know, I don't really, really think of it as social media anymore. It's actually just media. It's the dominant media force in my life, both in terms of how I use it and in terms of how I kind of consume it. Um, so the benefits of it outweigh all the possible 
disadvantages. And what's quite amazing about this time we're in this quarantine time, you know, I'm just thinking you have to look for the small mercies. And one of them is imagine if we didn't have the internet, imagine if we didn't have social media, we'd be completely isolated. So this is one of those occasions in the world that makes us realize what the word social means in social media. It is actually allowing us to build a society in isolation from each other, which is hugely powerful. What is your strategy for not going stir crazy during this lockdown? Well, I'm a work-from-home freelancer and have been for much longer than I've been a kind of office-bound worker. So my strategy for kind of surviving isolation, because when you work for yourself, you are isolated. Uh, firstly, I suppose any home worker kind of learns to talk to themselves. <laughs> so you kind of have, you have conversations either in your head or out loud with yourself. It's very important, though, and, and unless the strategy has now been completely shot down, to actually just kind of get outside into the open air. I found that that kind of helps a lot. But um, being able to find out what's happening elsewhere in the world, as scary as it might be, uh, helps a lot. I think also it's hugely important, and more so than ever before, to connect in some way with other people's creativity. So art, music, you know, uh, whatever kind of art or music you can find online, anything that takes your mind off the realities of the day and also takes you out of your workspace for a little while. So I can't, I'll sometimes just switch on Spotify and I'll see what's new on Spotify. Or actually, as I sometimes do, I'll take a virtual tour of a, one of the great museums of the world. And that feels like a break. It feels like you've actually been traveling. So it's traveling by virtual means, but that helps me kind of stop being so crazy. And have you stockpiled anything? Um, I've left the stockpiling up to other members of the house. So <laughs> my son, who's a Kentucky student, got into a real panic this morning because he's here for three weeks studying, and he rushed out and he went to stockpile beer, and the only beer he could find was Corona. <laughs> so he bought a case of Corona, and that's sitting in the fridge. For the rest of it, we've adopted a strategy of Moro's Nochadach. <laughs> there will be things in the shop tomorrow. We haven't actually stopped on anything, but we do have enough stuff to kind of uh, stave off the prospect of you know, absolute zombie-style starvation. But no, I would say beer. My, my wife has stopped on some white wine. Other than that, pretty much normal. If you could choose an author to be in lockdown with, who would you choose? Uh, is is that a, a living author or, <laughs> or a deceased author? <laughs> I think I choose a living author, actually. <laughs> so as an author, and I, I'm afraid I'm going to have to quickly Google her name um, because she wrote a brilliant book last year um, called My Year of Rest and Relaxation. And I was thinking of it yesterday. It's a remarkable book. Her name is Otessa Mushpeg, and she's um, a young novelist um, living in New York. And she wrote this novel called My Year of Rest and Relaxation, which was by far the best book I read last year. And it's about her taking a year off, a sabbatical from the woes of the world to basically sleep. So she sleeps through the entire day for a year and gets up like a zombie and wanders down to the store and gets herself some supplies. But she completely isolates herself from the world. And it's a very funny book. It's a book on the one level about mental health, but it's also actually a very wise book about the need to have a sabbatical from the world. And I just thought how absolutely kind of prescient of her. Um, I just love the book. It's, it's brilliantly written and I would kind of love to be in isolation with somebody who is so good at isolating. So she would be my choice. Okay, so now we're going to play the I'm a Booker Booker. Sound effects. Rorschach test. Round one. Fight. Yeah. Okay, well, that, that sounds to be like the heavyweight championship of the world played with just one boxer. 
in front of a, um, a completely uh, empty stadium uh, in order to protect uh, spectators and the rest of us from the possibility of contagion. Kind of instantly sounds to me like the wind howling through my local once busy, once very active mall during these next 21 days. Yeah, that sounds to me a little bit like my dog scratching at the door for his morning walk, which the last is going to have to be cancelled for the next 21 days. That sniffing, scratching canine sound to me. <laughs> that is a very familiar sound. It's, a, it's actually a very scary making sound because it means, it means someone's on the line and a, a long Skype call is about to begin. It's a very Pavlovian sound. If I hear that sound, I rush like crazy to get there in time and then I never do get there in time and I have to call back and say, sorry, I actually missed that. <laughs> yeah, it very much sounds like the world at the moment, but the comedy part of it is as important as the tragedy part, I think. There will be reason to laugh eventually. <laughs> Stock market? Getting <laughs> further and further down. It sounds a bit like kind of the ghost of a minibus taxi roaring down the road, an empty road, unpopulated by any other cars. It's a, it's a kind of mournful sound that once was a kind of happy sound. <laughs> These sounds sound to me very much like the contagion, actually, all of them. Okay, that's actually a very nice sound. That's a very upbeat sound. It instantly makes me think of, of running water. So I, and, that, and that's a sound that I love. So that's a very positive sound. And uh, I like the idea that even when we're all in isolation, the rivers are still flowing, the streams are still flowing. That, that, that is a very hopeful, positive sound. I like that. Electric graffiti is a brilliant way to while away some hours during the next 21 days. It'll keep you amused, lift your spirits, and make you feel not so isolated. It's on the shelves in all good bookstores now, which unfortunately doesn't help you very much. But fortunately, we are living in the 21st century and it's also available as an ebook. So you can get it. Gus, how can people get the book? It is available as an ebook on all of the major ebook channels um, Amazon, I think it's one called Kobo, Loot, all the usual ebook channels that it has just been launched on. So thank you, Gus. And thank you for listening to I'm a Booker Booker, the Quarantine Chronicles, live from the lockdown. I'm a Booker Booker is produced by Jonathan Anser and Dan Dudes and brought to you by Books Live in collaboration with Multimedia Live. Authors who would like to be featured should send an email to jonathan.anser at gmail.com. I'm a booger, I'm a booger, I'm a booger booger. I'm a booger 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 booger. I'm a booger.